This is the Coleman Associate Innovation Podcast. Innovation? Yeah, innovation. New, original, and creative. This podcast is designed to challenge the way you think about how healthcare is delivered. Ladies and gentlemen, the captain has turned on the fasten seatbelt sign. If you haven't already done so, please take your seat and fasten your seatbelt. Welcome to the Coleman Associates Innovation Podcast, the podcast that brings innovations and best practices in healthcare to your podcasting app. I'm Adrienne, your host, and today I'm excited for another episode of our Closing the Gap series. For this episode, I'm joined by Arifa Bevan, who is the Manager of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion at Unitas. Unitas is an organization that uses technology to address the social determinants of health and communities. For more information about Unitas, check out our Innovation Spotlight episode in Season 2, Episode 5. As we've discussed on previous episodes of the podcast, 2020 brought a new focus on health disparities and systemic racism. Health centers and companies of all kinds are thinking about how issues of systemic racism and diversity, equity, and inclusion need to impact the way that they do business. Arifa brings a wealth of knowledge in this space, and she is going to give us a primer on what diversity, equity, and inclusion are, why they matter for healthcare, and how we can apply them. So without further ado, let's hear my conversation with Arifa. Do you want to just introduce yourself and tell us about what you do? Yes, my name is Arifa Bevan. The pronouns I use are she, her, and hers. And I am the manager of diversity, equity, and inclusion at Unite Us. And in terms of my role internally, I have a cross-functional role that I like to say that works with several of our departments to embed DEI and just that lens across what we do across our teams and really ingrain it. So from marketing to recruiting to engagement to analysis and more. And I also coordinate our internal workshops and trainings on topics pertaining to DEI. That also includes conversations that we should be thinking about, like the intersectionality between health equity and health literacy. So that's the internal side. And then the external side, I work closely with our United team to participate in conversations, panels, and partnerships with organizations who share in our mission, align with what we do, all with the goal to really collaborate on advancing this work and, and helping United to be viewed as a model and partner in really putting the action needed to make sustainable change. So for those of our listeners that might not be as familiar, can you explain what diversity, equity, and inclusion, or DEI is? Yeah. So to start with uh, diversity. So diversity, the way I explain it is uh, it's the, the representation or presence of various and unique qualities that make an individual who they are. So it speaks to so many different factors, age, gender, race, uh, sexual orientation, gender identity, socioeconomic status, physical ability, and and so much more. Most importantly, and I say this all the time, um, diversity cannot speak to a person or individual. Um, So not one person can be diverse or not one candidate can be diverse. It's really about, um, you know, the environment. And so we really when we are talking about diversity, it's important to not reference it in terms of an individual, um, but we can talk about it in terms of their background and where they're coming from. When it comes to equity, um, it's really about recognizing the differences, the advantages, as well as the disadvantages um, that exist, and also putting the action that is needed to create fair and just opportunity for everyone. So it's really looking at an individual's needs versus providing everyone with the exact same 
same thing. And so equity is a term along where it's just, it's diverse, that that word itself is very diverse in itself, um, just because it includes health equity, it includes um, environmental equity, just so many other different layers. Um, so that's equity. And then finally, for inclusion, it's the part of DEI that really speaks to both belonging as well as, um, for me, I would say belonging and the effectiveness of any initiatives that are in place. So generally speaking, inclusion is about uh, team members or folks really feeling heard, listened to, and included um, in you know, decision-making, especially that affect them and who they are. And so the, the reason why I say that it also speaks to the impact of those initiatives is because if an organization, uh, for example, were to have several initiatives that were in place or workshops or resources that were provided, but folks still don't feel like they are included or that they're heard or that they're valued, then those initiatives are ineffective. Um, you don't have inclusion in that case. So we have to make sure that that the changes, um, enhancements or policies, you know, that are um, being talked about or that we're looking to, you know, implement um, are inclusive of those that it will affect. So how did you get involved in diversity, equity, and inclusion work? So my work in diversity, equity, and inclusion really started when I was a community health worker for a nonprofit, where I eventually ended up overseeing the program itself shortly after. And it was a position that um, really provided me the experience to understand this work from the perspective of someone who was directly working with individuals who are trying to navigate the health and social care systems, while um, aiding them in addressing the social determinants of health that they themselves were dealing with. And so from there to managing the program where I was still having um, the boots on the ground experience, but then also having to strategically devise ways in which our work can have just a much more greater impact in the community. And so I was able to see from those two angles how much DEI, social determinants of health, and just access to services in general are just so closely linked. Um, and so from working, you know, with the community-based organization, I had the opportunity to continue that journey in this realm to work for a health plan from the perspective of working for a health plan um, outside of, well, in Albany, actually. And so when I was there, I was able to see directly from within that space, the gaps and challenges that exist from that particular perspective. And so the focus became uh, addressing health disparities and working with hospitals and community-based organizations organizations to really educate them on the intersection of health literacy, DEI, and social determinants of health, um, in conjunction with also leading our internal DEI work groups that were at the time focused on health equity, cultural competency, and health literacy. And so all of that work eventually led me to unite us. So why do you consider diversity, equity, and inclusion important for impacting the social determinants of health and addressing health disparities? Yeah. So, you know, from my perspective, in order to have, you know, true significant and sustainable change when addressing health disparities and the social determinants of health, the work has to be done with that diversity, equity, and inclusion lens for um, a number of reasons. The first of which is cultural competency. Having cultural competency is absolutely needed. It allows us to plan and engage with a better understanding of 
who the marginalized communities are um, and where they're coming from. It helps us to understand historical trauma more and the impact that it has today. And so in, in a way, cultural competency is like the foundation. Um, and so that's that's number one. The second one I will say is DEI, um, is having that lens, that DEI lens allows us to really frame our resources, our strategies, you know, frame our strategies appropriately, especially when it comes to language. Um, and so a great example is how health equity is just such a buzzword nowadays, um, but many folks have a hard time really defining it or speaking to it and, and really talking about what it means. And so having that foundation and approaching the work with the lens and not separating um, DEI from health equity or, or any other branch of it is so key in, in how we speak about this work and how we speak to what it means to us. And then the third way um, is the, the tailored strategy. So when we approach our work with this DEI lens, we can target individuals and communities much more effectively and have a much more targeted approach to our work, which then leads to a much more greater impact, which is, you know, hopefully what all of our goals are. I love what you said about thinking thinking about it as a lens and this important tool, because I, I think that there are some people who they start getting frustrated with thinking it's more like the touchy-feely side of things, but it's so important from a data perspective, right? Is like, it matters who is providing the work, who is doing the thing. And really thinking about it as, I almost think of it as like similar to a tool like a patient-centered medical home or a joint commission or something like that, is it really tries to up your game and making sure that you're doing the stuff that you need for communities. Yeah. I mean, you, you said a really key word, which is data. Um, <laughs> Data is, you know, part of my background is in data. I was actually an assistant researcher at SUNY Albany for some time, but doing that and, and doing what I am now is so closely linked together in terms of using data to drive our strategy and our approach. Um, not only does data itself, you know, provide the cause for change that needs to happen, but it allows you to really um, kind of take a step back and, and have a, an overall picture of what the needs are, where do we need to go, and how do we um, really refine our approach and make it really targeted and, and intentional, especially. Right, absolutely. And I, I just wanted to highlight as you know, we, we talk about health disparities. And I think a lot of our listeners, we don't necessarily always think about how community health and community health centers impact those. I think of it as you're either making it worse or you're making it better with every action that you do. If we didn't need this DEI work, we wouldn't have the health disparities that we have, right? Is like clearly our current strategies aren't working, so we have to do something different. Mm -hmm. Yes, and I love that that you said you're either making it better or making it worse. It's so it's so important in this work to not make assumptions. You know, like even with looking at data, like you can't just. I was just having this conversation with someone yesterday. You can't just look at data and, you know, see that maybe um, the numbers are, are a little bit higher in one area than another, then automatically assume right off the bat that that there's something going on on a surface level. Like you really have to dive deep into the information that you have to really have a well-rounded approach um, to what to what it is, to the actual story behind it. So um, how would you describe what racism or other forms of bigotry look like in healthcare? Yeah, so there are so many articles and studies that that speak to 
racism and implicit bias that exists within the healthcare system extending way before the Tuskegee experiment um, that, you know, still have, have an effect today, a very significant effect today on how patients of color are treated. And so, you know, from the false beliefs that Blacks are more desensitized to pain to the statistics and infant mortality rates, you know, and just to specify a bit further, you know, Black infant deaths are on almost 11 per 1,000 live births compared to the 3.6 deaths among Asian live births per 1,000 or the 4.6 deaths per 1,000 of white infants. That was a lot of numbers, but basically speaking to that, there's a huge different difference here when it comes to Black infant mortality rates compared to, to other infants. And so the, the data itself is there, the evidence is there, of course, and the experiences are real you know, for people who, who live this life. And so this is exactly why, um, you know, the partnerships, the collaboration, um, the uh, equitable and targeted engagement strategies and planning are just so important for us in this work in order for us to truly make that impact and have that difference. We have to, we have to look at all, all of these numbers and just figure out, you know, we have to acknowledge what what is there, what what the data is actually telling us, and then make that change, formulate an approach and a strategy. What advice would you have for our listeners? There are a few things that come to mind, just speaking broadly about diversity, equity, inclusion. And the first is cultural humility. That's one thing that I want to talk about, which is when it comes to this work and just diversity, equity, inclusion in general, cultural humility is such a key component to this. And, and you know, just to back up a little bit, the definition of cultural humility is really about um, the consistent self-reflection and recognizing that this work and these experiences and, and just the, the journey of learning is a journey. And so it's a process. And so it's, it's educating yourself on a regular, consistent basis. And it requires um, the individual to understand and acknowledge that just one training or 10 trainings or five trainings will not make you an expert in DEI or in health equity or any other you know, branch of this work, but that it will hopefully make that individual a better human being and, and, and help them to recognize their own biases, but then also acknowledge that they will still continue to make mistakes and continually learn. Even for myself in this role, I'm always learning um, and I make mistakes as well too, but I learn from that. I acknowledge that and I continue on. And so having that cultural humility um, in this work is really, really significant. The other item I wanted to touch on was intersectionality within DEI, which is, you know, for, for me, when I think about it in this work, it's it really speaks to the many clients or patients or individual who identify with the many identities who are dealing with the several experiences, who are dealing with several experiences at once based on who they identify as. So you may have someone who is Black but identifies as a Black gay woman. Her experiences are going to be different than a woman who identifies as white and gay. And so I think it's so important to acknowledge the intersectionality within this work within DEI so that we can be more equitable, so that we can be more intentional, and so that our approach and strategies can have that much more of an impact when we are seeing individuals for who they are and who they identify as. And then the final topic that I wanted to touch on was thinking outside the box when it comes to diversity, equity, inclusion, and 
And what I mean by that is normally when we talk about this topic or, you know, if it's brought up, folks tend to automatically kind of stick within the small range of DEI, which is like race and ethnicity and gender and sexual orientation. As we all know, like DEI touches on so much more. You know, we're we're talking about um, mental health. We're talking about folks who are differently able, socioeconomic status, um, so many factors that that have an impact on disparities, equity, and, and what makes the individual who they are. And so these are other factors that matter that we should also take into consideration when we are thinking about engagement or initiatives or, you know, if an organization wants to, you know, bring something to their team to make sure that they have these factors in mind as well, that it's important to reach out to our team members and and learn from them and learn about what their needs are, but also recognize that, you know, you may have a checkbox for someone to identify their gender or sexual orientation, but that that's not all of who they are, right? They, they represent so many different layers of what makes them an individual. And so it's important that we also recognize that and think outside the box in terms of DEI being this whole array of so many amazing things that, you know, that we can talk about and, and improve upon. Arifa gave me so much to think about as many health centers are investing in their DEI programs. Making sure these programs are robust, data-driven, and effective is critical to getting the most out of the investment and to close the gap on health disparities. Special thanks to Arifa for taking the time to join us for the podcast and to Emily for helping us to coordinate our discussion. Make sure you're subscribed to get episode notifications as we release them. To keep up with all the Chispa happenings, follow us on LinkedIn. Shout out to Jonathan at Bionic Squid for all of his podcast help. We'll see you next time.